0: This is episode number 91, Moving Forward Through Action and Focus. Welcome to the Success 101 Podcast. This is Jared Warren, where each episode, my goal is to bring you a new concept or idea to help you maximize your full potential. Thanks for joining me today. Now let's kick things off. Hey, welcome back to the Success 101 Podcast, everyone. This is your host, Jared Warren, and I'm excited to bring you a concept today of moving forward through action and focus. And the inspiration here was by a couple of unique individuals who I have followed much of their success and their advice. One would be Brian Tracy, who basically just prints gold every time he puts anything out, I found. And the other is by David Allen who is uh, most notably honored for the book, Getting Things Done. And my goal here with you guys today is just how do we move forward? And as the title says, Moving Forward Through Action and Focus, this is going to be a little bit of a mashup of book notes that I've taken as well as interviews and other talks that I've heard by these two individuals. So I'm going to pull a lot of material here together. My goal is to go a little bit slower on this today, not as not as far as how I'm uh, how I'm speaking, but as far as breaking things down to where you can really just lock it in and get it uh, engraved, hopefully on your uh, on your plate, and start learning these ideas that have been so important to me lately of studying and getting into. And so we'll we'll first kick off a few ideas by David Allen, and he would tell you that his book Getting Things Done, which if you don't have that, I would recommend that you go and get it, and also check out his website. At www.gettingthingsdone.com. Go over there. He's got a lot of different materials, a lot of things that you can download, and he has been very influential in my life, he, both he and Brian Tracy, and that's why I wanted to do a mashup today on this recording, but Alan would tell us that that book, Getting Things Done, really is, in a sense, a goldmine into insights and strategies to how to have you know more energy, be more relaxed, get a lot more accomplished with a lot less effort. And guys, look, if we really want to be in the habit of getting things done, and not just getting things done, but doing them well, then you have to savor these things in life that seem increasingly impossible at times when you're working hard at it. Not everything's going to be easy. It doesn't have to be an either-or proposition, he tells us. it, It is possible to be effectively doing things while you are delightfully being in your ordinary workday world. So you've heard me mention many times that a business coach of mine encouraged me not to just do, 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 do all day and just jump from task to task, but actually to be. One of the most profound questions he asked, and he probably didn't even realize he was doing it whenever he said it, was asking me how often, or I get the sense that you just jump from task to task every day, almost like a robot, how often do you just sit and just be? How often do you let your brain rest? How often are you engaged? Or do you just run through things every single day like a zombie and then get home and carry some of that onto your family, carry that on to your friendships and relationships? And I'll admit, that was me for so long, and I'm trying to get better at enjoying the day even as I'm being super highly productive. So think about this idea that David Allen, mentioned, Al- Allen mentions where it's possible for a person to have an overwhelming number of things to do an overwhelming number of things on your plate, but still function productively with a clear head and a positive sense of relaxed control. So he mentions that over and over, also in a series of interviews that I heard. He mentions over and over how we can have a positive sense of relaxed control, and that is an awesome way, in my opinion, to live and work with elevated levels of effectiveness and efficiency and also having this operational style of being successful and highly performing But not being overwhelmed, not being burnt out, not getting into the just negative stress and anxiety that falsely the world can put on us just because we don't know how to handle it. You may have heard me mention in one of my recent recordings by... Dan Sullivan, where he said, happiness is a choice. It really does depend on how you get up every day and how you view the world. And you, most of you already know what you need to be doing every single day. It's not that you don't know what you need to do to get in this high-performance state. But if you're like most people then you just don't really know how to apply these skills in a more timely and efficient manner to where you just don't feel buried all the time. And that was my motivation for bringing these two ideas, uh, these two different gentlemen to you today, is to talk through this idea of how you can be super productive but yet still be very encouraged throughout the day, be very mindful, be very present, not feeling overwhelmed, but feel in. Control, and I find that in most cases, whether it's the financial advisors that I coach in my business each day, whether it's the clients that I meet with, there's this underlying tone, consistently, of overwhelm. There's this underlying tone of just deep breathing and sighing, and we don't have to live that way, guys. The good news is we do not have to live that way. It really is a choice. But two big things that I want you to see in this in this text that David Allen gives us: number one, it is possible. I can't repeat this enough. It is possible to have a large amount of things that need to get done and have a clear head and a clear sense of control about what you're doing. But then also number two is that you really know how to do everything required to get there, whether you realize it or not. You just may have to build in some really good habits to tackle this consistently. So I found this really interesting the way that he uh, presents these two key objectives, is that how we can capture all the things that we need to get done but then also uh, discipline ourselves on the front end to make great decisions about the inputs that we're letting come into our life so that we're always going to have a plan for what he talks about as next actions that we can implement. So he talks about that a ton as far as next actions. And our first objective, number one, is to capture everything that needs to get done into a trusted system. So you've got to capture everything into a system That works for you. Because too many times, guys, we have things flying around, just flying around everywhere that we are never able to nail down. And unfortunately, we don't realize that many times until we get to the end of the day. We pull in the driveway, we let out the long breath, and then what? We've got to put on our new hat, many of us, and go be dads, go be husbands. And you just haven't gotten out of that state of just things flying around your head all day long. You may have heard in my interview with Blake Martin recently. If not, go check that out. It's, very, it's an awesome interview with him. He did a great job in that as far as just outlining how he handles his, uh, his day-to-day growth and where he's come from. But he also mentioned that he felt for so long like he was, in an iPhone, he was an iPhone, basically, and he had all of these apps that were open and running constantly in his life with no end in sight. That's not effective. And as uh, David Allen says, most people walk around constantly distracted. I know I'm one of those. Big hand in the air right here. But they walk around constantly distracted. Their focus is oftentimes disturbed by their own internal mental overload. So what he's saying there is it's not necessarily the world putting this on us. It's how we handle everything that's on our plate. We want to make sure that we get all of the things that need to be done captured into a system to where we're handling it with ease, we're handling it with good habits that we're putting in place, and then our minds are going to be clearer. Our minds are we're going to trust ourselves more to do the right things. We're going to make sure that we can refer back later to certain uh, ideas that we had before, and we're going to look back at ourselves and learn from where we came from to where we are now, and that is just a great, great place to be in mentally. Okay. The second objective here is to discipline yourselves to input those next actions. So that next action idea is a big, big thing here. And what he says, basically, the next action is the next physical, visible activity that needs to be engaged in in order to move the current reality toward completion. So what is that next action? Tal Ben-Shahar, I've mentioned him over and over in my talks where, Excuse me, where he has the five-minute takeoff. If you don't feel like getting into work, just take five minutes and dive in. Same idea with reading scripture each day. Go read one sentence of the greatest book ever written. I was encouraged by uh, someone at one point. And the point is, five-minute takeoff by Tal Ben-Shahar. If you get into deep work or you start getting into work that you may not really feel like in the moment doing... The five minutes is probably going to turn into 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes. But you're going to feel more in control. You're going to enjoy it. Reading scripture or reading quiet time or having your quiet time, you're not just going to read one sentence. Maybe you do, but then you're going to go and journal about that and hardwire some things into your brain. But in most cases, you're not just going to read one sentence. You end up reading a chapter or maybe a couple of chapters. But the idea there is that we're so fickle as human beings. We have to create these systems that oftentimes seem silly, but they're going to help us get into these deep work strategies and take, what, the next action after we're done with that. So don't get in this habit of finishing things, feeling good about finishing things, and then just go sit down and get into a brain fog again and waste time. Think about the next action. What is that next thing that we have to implement in order to continue this forward progress and be in control throughout the day? The other concept that you've heard me mention before is the two-minute Uh, Idea. So he comes up with this idea that just says if an action takes less than two minutes, it should be done the moment that it is defined. And to me, guys, this could be one of the number one productivity tools out there, something that just seems so silly, as I mentioned. If it takes less than two minutes, just do it. You've heard me mention oftentimes Roy Baumeister, where he's got the book uh, Willpower Out there, but he also tells us about the two minute rule or a similar concept. And he says if something takes less than two minutes, don't put it on a list. Get it out of the way immediately. So the whole idea of getting things done is just getting things out of the way. And if we can get them out of the way immediately instead of procrastinating and putting them off, we're going to be a lot better off. We're going to feel more in control. And if you notice how often those little two-minute things that are just, oh, that'll just take a couple of minutes, I'll put it over here and get to it in a little while, notice how often those things pile up. Whether it is cleaning the house, sweeping the floor, going through paperwork that's sitting on your desk that day that you could easily go through right now, but you just continue to put it off to the side. And what happens? Every time you turn around, it's still there. And you're like, okay, I've got to go through that. It could take you two minutes. Just get it done. Just get all of it knocked out in less than two minutes. And when you have the habit of doing that, Those things are going to have a multiplying effect. As Darren Hardy mentions in the compound effect, little decisions that we make are going to compound and add up over time. And when you get in the habit of doing that, you're going to feel more in control. You're going to have release of dopamine in your brain throughout the days. You're knocking things off your to-do list. You're going to feel more confident with where you're going, and you're not going to be in this state of overwhelm. You're going to eliminate the pile of two-minute things, which easily can add up to multiple piles of two-minute things, But then you're also going to create this sense of awesome, just capacity in your life that feels really good, and the overwhelm is not going to be there like it was before if you're locking in these habits. Remember that two-minute drill. Put yourself into more control, and then create more energy throughout the day by getting things knocked out. And you can, you know, you can try it right now if you want to. Choose a, a project or something that you're stuck on right now, and just think of what the purpose of that project is. Think of what. The successful outcome would be if you were, were able to move through it and how that would impact you physically and financially and your reputation and whatever it is that you're going through uh, that that's going to create for you. Create and brainstorm those potential steps and then organize those thoughts and ideas and figure out what your next action is going to be. And if it's something that takes you two minutes, get it knocked out now. If it's something that takes a little bit longer, that's fine. Just identify it as this has to be my next action. And then you use your five-minute takeoff or whatever idea that you want to talk through uh, talk through in your mind to get yourself going to where even if you don't feel like it, you just start. And so I love the book. Go, Go to his website. Go check out the book. Another set of ideas here is by Uh, Brian Tracy, and I pull from his books all the time. He's got so much wisdom. I was actually able to go and hear Brian Tracy in Houston back in 2005. I didn't have a clue. Young business person starting out in the business, I didn't have a clue who Brian Tracy was. I got invited whenever I was in Houston to go hear him, and he was just awesome. I'd never seen anything like that before. I'd never been introduced to any sort of a coaching system or anything like that, and so his handouts... Were. I mean, to me, I was just—I was studying him for weeks after that, and making more and more notes. But he is—he uh, is very gifted, very talented. His books have been—his uh, books have been put in over forty different languages. I heard this past week, and it's just an awesome idea uh, of that he brings to the table as well of just creativity, habits, getting things done. And his book that I'll talk about more today is Focal Point, and really the subtitle is A Proven System to Simplify Your Life, Double Your Productivity, and Achieve All of Your Goals. So that came out a while back. I believe it was around 2000, maybe 2001, 2002, somewhere in there. But the idea there is that I've pulled a lot of notes from that book, and one of the concepts that he mentions is is you can dramatically improve the overall quality of your life far faster than you might think is even possible. And that's not just... Hocus pocus, as you've heard me mention that phrase before, that is real. You can, you can dramatically improve the overall quality of your life far faster than you think is possible. Most people think that it's going to take so much work and so much effort to turn around on a dime and change their habits and turn 180, and while it may take a little more work than some of us are willing to put in, we can get it accomplished if we stick to it. But all you need, he says, is the desire to change, the decision to take action. The discipline to practice new behaviors that you're going to choose for yourself, and then you've got to persist through those until you get the results that you want. One of his favorite books that I have is, uh, is Eat That Frog. If you guys have never uh, checked out Eat That Frog, I saw it pop up again on Amazon this past week as a suggestion. I think it's like 8 bucks or something like that. Just you owe it to yourself to get it. It's a little bit of a workbook, uh, just like the book that I just put out this past year. I wanted mine to be a workbook, and a lot of the motivation was behind that book, Eat That Frog, uh, about training yourself to do the hardest thing first is what he talks about in Eat That Frog. Once you've eaten your frog for the day, how much easier is the day going to be to manage? And so the book Focal Point is all about focusing your energy on simplifying your life, doubling your productivity and achieving your goals, just as the subtitle says. And the first key concept there that I want you guys to lock in on that he mentions is the concept of being responsible. You heard me first bring this maybe in some of my recordings from Hal Elrod. Hit head-on, 70 miles an hour by a drunk driver, had brain damage. His body was just, you know, all beat up and broken apart. And he's sitting there in the hospital room and says, okay, how do I move forward from this? I was hit by a drunk driver. I could have all these feelings of sorrowful you know, sadness for myself, but no, I'm going to take responsibility. I can't let what one other person did to me impact the rest of my life. I will not allow that to happen. Brian Tracy talks about the same thing. Is, you know, the, one of the most important things that you can do, he says, is to make yourself understand that until you can take complete responsibility for everything you are and everything you've become and everything you will become, then you're not going to get to where you want to be. And it's the greatest turning point, or could be one of the greatest turning points in people's lives, is this acceptance of personal responsibility. And he said that's what separates the superior person from the average person. Personal responsibility is the trait of leadership. It's one of the highest levels of leadership in, in, this, in this idea of high performance for every person in every situation, is to know that I'm responsible. I have to take responsibility. It doesn't matter where I came from. It doesn't matter what my influences are. It doesn't matter where I am today. I've got to take responsibility for where I'm going. And accepting this complete responsibility for your life means that you're going to refuse to make excuses or blame others for anything that's happened or anything that you're not happy about. Remember, as Dan Sullivan says, happiness is a choice. We're either going to wake up and choose to be happy regardless of our external circumstances, or we're not. And you're going to, in this moment, you're going to move forward knowing that you're responsible. And therefore, you're going to have great power to be able to take the steering wheel of your life, not to be too cliche there, but take the steering wheel of your life and move forward. But if we're complaining about our situation over and over, we're complaining about what's happened in the past, we're not going to be able to eliminate uh, you know the, the whole idea of like, well, what if this had happened, or what if this had happened in my life? We're going to focus on what we really want, and we're going to focus on where we're going. But we've got to get, uh, we've got to get that idea in our head that we are responsible for wherever we're going, wherever we are, wherever we've come from doesn't matter. And this decision to accept complete responsibility—that I could go on for days about here—is just, you know, it's a responsibility for yourself, your life, your results. No excuses. If you if you want to double your productivity each day, if you want to get out of the negative brain fog that you're in from today forward, no matter what you, no matter what you have to say I am responsible. And if I go down the path of negativity, if I go down the path of not being happy, I'm responsible for that. If I create new pathways in my life to seek joy, and seek productivity and seek happiness and turn on a dime for my situation, well, I'm responsible for that too. And which one is going to empower you more? I think it's going to be the latter because you're going to feel more in control and you're going to feel happier about where you're going. And many business coaches and business leaders out there will tell you that's really one of the most number one, you know, most important things for success is this willingness to take 100% responsibility for our lives. So many times we want to blame other people or blame other circumstances on where we are, certain things that happen to us during the day, But the willingness to be responsible, to be proactive, to not be reactive, to have an internal rather than always having an external focus. And many people would say that's the victim mentality. We don't want to be a victim, okay? We want to be a conqueror. We want to go out there and make it happen every single day. We want to maximize our full potential, as I mentioned in the the introduction to these talks, every single time bring you concepts or ideas to help you maximize your full potential. In order to do that, we've got to understand that being a victim does not get us there. We've got to stop criticizing, we've got to stop blaming, we've got to stop complaining, and that's going to help move us into a new direction where we're more in power and more empowered and we're more confident to tackle things each day and feel a whole lot better about doing it. I'll Sign me up. I'll have some of that, right? This idea also he talks about that I thought was interesting of zero thinking. Actually, I think he calls it zero-based thinking. And, uh, and it's this idea of simplifying your life using a concept called zero-based thinking. And it's a very powerful strategy that you can apply on a regular basis. And all you have to do is ask yourself, is there anything I'm doing right now, knowing what I know at this point in my life, that I would not get into again if I were starting over today. And I think we all have a list of things that we would say that right now things are going on in your life, whether it's bad habits you've locked in, whether it's bad mental mindset that you've locked in. If we're really going to get things done through productivity and through action each day, we have to ask ourselves that question right now. Is there anything you're doing right now that knowing what you know through your experiences, you would not be doing again. You would not be locking in those habits again, that, that mindset again, if you were starting all over today. So that's a concept of zero-based thinking. You know, you've got clarity, and you've got this courage to move forward and open yourself up to ask this question, and then even more courage to take action on what are you going to do next to turn yourself around. Tracy also talks a lot about being flexible in a lot of his books. There's, there's a, a book that he has called Goals that's very impactful that I go back to time and time again making notes in that, you know, talks a lot about flexibility. And, and if we're going to reach our goals each day or the concept I'm bringing you today, if we're going to be more productive, we've got to have a flexible mindset to reach these levels of performance that we want to achieve. Trying new things, being open to constructive criticism, that's a hard one for many people practicing zero based thinking of realizing hey if i had to do this all over again i would not be in the point doing what i'm i would not be at the point of doing what i'm doing right now boom stop in your tracks turn 180 and go the other direction right now you have the choice to stop that and you might be someone who's Uh, a super perfectionist and too planned out or maybe you're on the other side of the spectrum that's just you're wild and haphazard and chaotic during your day but you've got to be you've got to find that balance you've got to be flexible during your day to know that there's certain things that you've got to get done but then also be open to constructive criticism to practicing these new thoughts or ideas and really just choosing to be happy each day all of those things are going to help us to go out and rock our day every single day to achieve the goals that we have this year, but we've got to be flexible, we've got to be open to new ideas, and also just know that every minute counts. I'm learning that more and more this year with the role that I have now of uh, of, uh, running our office. I've been out here in this office for quite a while but became official on 1-1, and uh, there's there's a lot on the plate. And so every minute counts, and I was prepared by wise people who had gone before me that I really have to understand how to maximize my day. And, of course, you hear that, and it's like, okay, yeah, man, okay, I'll lock that in. And until the pressures come, you really don't understand, okay, wow, my calendar really is not my own anymore. There's a constant tap at the door from my staff, from my financial advisors that I'm coaching and mentoring, from maybe it's a client meeting that I have to leave for. Maybe it's something on my calendar that I really don't even want to go to or do, but it's something that's part of what I have to be do what I have to do that day, so I have to find these blocks of time. I used to be the person that said, okay i can 't get into deep work unless I have you know a full hour blocked off to where I can do it, so now nah, i 'll procrastinate i 'll put that off until later what i 'm finding now, and many of you are probably in the same boat, that if we don 't take the twenty and thirty minute blocks of time that we have, which is difficult right because it 's hard to get pro- productive and it 's hard to get into deep work when you know you have such a small sliver of time but here 's the deal if you don 't take it on then. What I found is that I don't get to it many times, and I'm always putting off important things. Well, then, when I'm forced to work on it, it's generally not in the paperwork doing time or not in the time that I'm just getting other things done that are, that are not revenue-generating activities. I'm having to do it now during the revenue-generating activity time slots, which is very ineffective and inefficient and not going to help me grow my business. So every minute counts, and every minute you spend in planning, I'm learning also, is going to save you more time. And so uh, Tracy talks, Brian Tracy talks about this idea, too, where he says every minute you spend in planning. Listen to this idea, guys. Lock this in. Every minute you spend in planning will save you as many as 10 minutes in execution. Think through that. Many of us, myself included, uh, just don't build in think time. You know, I've had a goal for a long, long time that uh, at you know by, by 1 p.m. every Friday – I'm going to be out of here. I'm going to go to a Starbucks. I'm going to go to the the country club that I've got a membership at. I'm going to go and just spend an afternoon just in deep thought. And what happens? Now, I'm behind this week. I started off the week slow, getting bogged down in other things, which really means I probably wasted a lot of time on things. But I can't do that. I better stay here and get caught up. And you just never build in any think time. So the idea I would bring to you here is, are you working on your goals or on your business or are you simply just working in your business and reacting to everything? We've got to spend time planning rather than reacting, and we've got to have think time that we can build in to get our mind focused on the things that we really need to tackle. So think about that idea that one minute of planning is going to save 10 minutes of actual work that we could be doing. That's a fascinating concept to me. And if we can really master that and really see it play out in our lives, which if there's anybody that's that's proven that it worked. that things like this work it's brian tracy going all over the world coaching thousands of people throughout his career and uh and i'm going to take that advice and and use it for what it's worth i've got to build in think time because if i don't take time away from my calendar it's just never going to happen so are you you know take pause the recording if you need to write down what am i reacting to too much in my work what days do i need to build in think time What days do I need to be more open to certain things that I could be doing a little bit better and get on that? A lot of this has to do with visualization as well. You heard me talk about Hal Elrod, how the miracle morning has changed my life, where I spend the morning time many times with visualization and affirmations and things that are just, you know, I'll admit they're still hard for me to get my mind around. My mind wanders as I'm trying to visualize what my day is going to look like. My my mind wanders as I'm trying to affirm the goals that I have set for me as I write those down and review those daily. But Brian Tracy would tell you that it's super important that you have visualization built in. And the successful people that he's worked with in the past have tremendous clarity about who they are and what they want and how they're going to get it. And oftentimes, unsuccessful people are usually unsure about what they want. They're confused about who they are and where they're going. And uh, one powerful exercise in the book that you guys can uh, can use to help just you know give you energy around this and accelerate your results is this idea of visualization. And more and more people, I think, are learning that if I don't take think time, if I don't sit there and visualize my day, and, and, and you know, a lot of people are just going to view it as a waste of time, just like I oftentimes do. I don't call it that in the moment, but that's really what it is. I'm saying I've got more important things to do here, so that would be a waste of my time to go do that. You've got to visualize where you're going, not only today, not only this week, but projecting forward three to five years or maybe even further if you're a bigger, you know, bigger thinker than that. And you've got to create a mental picture of the kind of life and career you want in every uh, ideal Situation that you want to be in to accomplish your goals. You may have heard in one of my recent recordings that I was hesitant to do a five year vision for so many years. I was negative and closed off to it because people who were really about it and doing it all the time constantly would admit that they have to change. Maybe it's every six months, maybe it's every year. They, they were changing parts of their five-year vision. And I thought, what a waste of time. If I'm going to sit down here and really you know, think deeply for the next couple of hours and map out my five-year vision, even down to what kind of wood wood floors I have in my home in the future that I don't even own yet, right? If I'm going to do that type of thinking, and then only six months to a year later I'm already changing a lot of that because life is changing, I'm not doing that. What a waste of time. And what I realized recently was is that people who visualize, you you have those five-year visions that you map out and you write down. Yes, those are changing, but that's a good thing because they're changing to come closer to the ideal person that you're becoming. And just because it's changing, I looked at that as really negative, just because it's changing doesn't mean anything other than you are now getting more refined on the person you're becoming. And five years is going to go by. And either you have become a certain person through the changing of your five-year vision or you're like I was for so long, just completely closed off to a five-year vision and not even interested in doing it. And just letting the world come to me and just trying to deal with it. I had no no direction on where I was going. I had no idea of the things that I wanted to do. So I really encourage you guys on that. I've taken a 180 on a lot of things over the last year, but that's a big one for me that I was really closed off to. And uh, I'm really excited about visualizing from now on the the future goals that I have and where I want to be in three to five years. And really just, as you've heard me talk in a lot of the neurology talks that I've discussed with you, is just the mental pathways that we're creating of setting and accomplishing our goals as well as our future desires. So what are you doing in the next three to five years? Are you visualizing that? Who are you around? Who are you associating yourself with? What does life look like? How is your diet and health and exercise? How is your family structure? What are you guys doing? What else do you need to be asking yourself besides those brief little questions there that I just mentioned, then you've got to take think time out of your schedule. You can't look at it as a waste of time, and you've got to go visualize that, and you've got to get into the future. Uh, Another interesting concept that he brought out was uh, about time management, which really time management in his book, he says, is life management. So time management is, is really you know, managing your life around personal management, management of yourself, however you want to look at that, people that value themselves highly and people that know where they're going in life often allocate their time very carefully. And he goes into this further in the book. I'm just going to skim the surface here. But the successful people out there that he describes give their time usage a lot of thought. Okay, when you love your life and you love what you're doing and you love every minute of it, you're going to be very careful about misusing or wasting any of the precious moments that you have each day. If you don't know where you're going and you don't really understand yourself and what it is that you're trying to you know, accomplish each day, pro- probably not going to do a lot with that, right? You're, you're not going to be careful about misusing or wasting your time. You're just going to go with the flow. An analogy I heard from a mentor of mine in the past was, you know, we're just all sheep everyone's just sheep just following after each other and the problem is no one really knows where we're going we're just we're just all in this line just letting life happen to us and everyone's just following after a lot of other people but nobody really knows where they're going just dumb sheep right and so what you think about most of the time brian tracy would tell you that successful people when asked that question what do you think about most of the time their answers tend to be the same worldwide no matter what culture nationality Business entrepreneur, non-entrepreneur—it doesn't matter. Successful think about what they successful people think about what they want and how to get it more than anything else they think about. And as a result of this mental focus and this mental wiring that they're doing, they're going to accomplish a lot more in their life than the average person, even though they have started with no particular advantages. You see that all the time. You see um, Zig Ziglar used to talk about it—you know—all the time how immigrants that come over from maybe impoverished countries or they come over to the U.S. to start a new life, you know, on average, they're going to be nine times more successful than someone that was born right here in the U.S. and just views goals and ambition and running a business or whatever it is that you do. It's like, eh, okay, whatever. I mean, they, they come over here with nothing, no, no particular advantage, don't even know the language. And in a very short amount of time, they're running their own businesses. They're putting away money or sending money back to their families overseas, you know, those sort of things. So, I mean, I, I don't know what the, uh, what the issue is that makes us born here and just have this ho-hum, you know, everything's, you know, whatever, and, uh, and not be ambitious. We should, with the advantages that we have. You know, if nothing else, just speaking the language fluently from 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 you know an early time when we're born, we should be able to have the advantage of doing these things. And many of us are not. Um, You know, unsuccessful people are oftentimes thinking about what they don't want most of the time, instead of focusing on what they want. And they think and they talk about who they're you know who they're mad at and who who it is to blame for their problems in life. And uh, what Tracy would tell you is is they don't understand why their lives never improve even though they've been working as long or maybe even harder than others and you slip into this habit of thinking and talking even more about your problems because that's all you're focused on and you're thinking about who you should blame for that thereby making your situation a lot worse so what are you thinking about these days what are you filling up Your mind with again, Zig Ziglar would tell you that you are the person you've become by what has gone into your mind, and that is absolutely the right. uh, That's that's an absolute right prescription. It's whatever goes into your mind that's going to be the person that you have become. You are where you are in life right now by what's gone into the brain, and if you get excited about creating things, you're probably going to excel at reaching your goals a lot, a lot uh, faster, and a lot with a lot more intensity. Uh, Or are you letting these bags weigh you down, as Dan Sullivan talks about, as we get these negative experiences that make us just heavy and tired? So I'd ask you to check in on your optimism there. And your optimism, many times, neurologists would tell you is the best predictor of how happy and healthy you are, how long-lived you're going to be, You know, many times that are people that are walking around pessimistic and negative are the ones that have you know depression. They have substance abuse issues. They just don't have any energy, no no enthusiasm, and their immune system's getting torn down all the time. They're sick, and they just really wear themselves down fast. As Dan Sullivan says, they've got all these negative experiences, these bags they're carrying around that are really weighing them down, and they're going to get typically less restful sleep and more mental and physical issues than. Uh, than people who are thinking a completely different way. So I want you to sharpen your focus, and I'll end with this. I'll I'll end the talk with this. As far as sharpening your focus, and there's some additional questions in the book that I took the time to write down, and I think, you, I think we should all be asking ourselves these questions as part of our you know, planning every single day, and, and certainly as part of our think time. But I'll go through these a little bit slower so that you can get them down, but if you don't get them the first pass through, just rewind the recording. But number one, if you could wave a magic wand and have whatever you wished for in any part of your life, what would it be? If you could have a magic wand, sounds silly, right? But if you could have a magic wand and have whatever you wished for in any part of your life, what would it be? Take time to think through that. Many times we think that's a silly exercise and ah, I don't have time to think through something like that, a magic wand, whatever. Take time to think through that. What would it be if you could have whatever you wished for in any part of your life? Number two, if you could design your perfect lifestyle, what would it look like? So think about that during your think time. If you could design your perfect lifestyle, what would it look like? How would you change your life if you received $1 million in cash, tax-free, today? What is the first thing you would do? So think about that, guys. If you got a $1 million in cash, tax-free, you own it, free and clear, no debt to the government, what is it that you would do with the very first decision you would make with that money? What would you do? Next question. What parts of your work do you enjoy the most and do the best? Where do you excel? What sorts of activities make you the happiness, the happiest? We don't focus on that enough. We don't focus on what part of our business we're really thriving in, where we get in that flow state, where we're just knocking things out. We are in the zone. We tend to do what? We tend to put off, procrastinate, delay, and then have to work on a lot of things that really just don't get us excited or happy. Next one here, what would you do And how would you spend your time if you learned today that you only had six months left to live? Very powerful question. How would you spend your time if you learned today that you had only six months left to live? And then I would follow that up with, why are you not doing those things today? Whatever it is you fill in the blank with, why are you not doing those things today? And then the last one here, what one great thing would you dare to dream if you knew you could not fail? If you were absolutely guaranteed success in any one goal, big or small, you pick, it's either one, short-term or long-term as well, what would it be? So if you knew that you could not fail at whatever you set out to do today, what is the one thing you would dare to dream? What is the one thing that you would do? And again, my follow-up question is, why are we not working toward those things today? And the answer lies in that question. It's because we are afraid of Failure, But remember, guys, failure is simply feedback. Zig Ziglar. I guess I'm going to mention it's not scripted. I guess I'll mention him several times today. Zig Ziglar. Failure is an event. It's not a person. Yesterday really did end last night. Today is a brand new day to move forward. Failure is feedback. We're in the lab. coat. We're in the lab. We've got our lab coat on. We've got our goggles on. I'll go back time and time again to the book with winning in mind where we mess up and we say, that's interesting. That needs work but we don't beat ourselves up over it. We say, it's interesting. I'm better than that. That needs work. I wonder why I did that in that situation. Okay, learn from it. Okay, we're researching. We're in a lab. But what would you dare to dream if you knew you could not fail? Go out and forget about failure and go rock that and be focused on that. And those are the things that you're going to focus on over time. So I hope these ideas came uh, at a time in your life for many of you if you're struggling with productivity if you're struggling with optimism if you're struggling with just getting things knocked out and done and moving forward each day uh, I got a lot out of putting these notes together I hope you did as well and I hope that you guys go out and just completely crush it this week as you're knocking things out and just remember it's just for, for many of us it's a mental mind state of how we wake up each day the happiness choice that Dan Sullivan talks about how we wake up Uh, to either look at us owning the problems, owning the responsibility of where we need to go today or if we're blaming others and really just being the person we need to be to know who we are, to know what we want and move forward with success each day. Thanks so much, guys. I enjoyed this time and uh, thanks for joining me. And uh, be sure to log on to iTunes and subscribe to my podcast so that we can keep this thing going. Thanks so much for your time.